This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Welcome to the first episode of the Quality Improvement Podcast series on Gosh Pods. Over this series of six podcasts, we'll be joined by staff members of the Gosh Quality Improvement Team. In this episode, we'll explore what QI means and how it can help us and our patients. I'm joined by Jit, Head of Quality, and Nuanthi, a Quality Improvement Coach from the QI team. Welcome both to the podcast. Thank you, Rian. It's so great to be here. So let's make a start with today's session. Before we get into QI, Jim, shall we talk a little bit about change? Why change? What can it do for me? Hi, Ariane. Hi, Nuanthi. Nuanthi, that's a really good question. You know, why change? Why bother? Actually, sometimes to do nothing is a path that leads resistance. And actually, when you're in a busy environment and you don't have the time to reflect on what you're doing, it's easy just to get your head down and get on with the job. Unfactfully, actually, the NHS treats over one and a half million people every single day. Just let that sink in for a minute. It's actually pretty amazing, isn't it? But it doesn't feel easy and it is hard work. So what it said to me, actually, when they're at work, they feel like they're constantly firefighting and they're not wrong. You know, we're having to do more with less resources. So since carry on as we are, is not really an option. We often hear, you know, that's how we've always done it around here. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. Or I'm not senior enough to make a difference, or I don't have the time to think about improvement. The philosophy that underpins QI allows us to identify areas for improvement and using improvement or an evidence-based approach, we can actually develop and embed sustainable solutions that deliver better outcomes. It's very simple. It's a logical approach to making improvements. Yeah, I think I can relate to hearing the same. As you said, I think we can all make a difference, even if it's a small change. You shared this lovely old fable the other day. I think it's perfect to share quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, no, I don't mind at all, Noenthi. So it's something that really resonated with me. And I, you know, I sort of saw it a little while ago and I've, I've kind of incorporated it within our own training. So it goes that uh, one day a man's walking down a long beach he's walking along it and he notices a boy who hurriedly picking up and gently throwing things back into the ocean. The man approaches the boy and says, young man, you know, what are you doing? The boy replies, throwing starfish back into the ocean, you know, the surf is up. The tide's going out. If I don't throw them back, they'll die. The man laughs to himself and said, do you realize actually there's miles and miles of beach and hundreds, if not thousands of starfish. You know what? You can't make a difference. And after listening, the, the boy sort of, you know, he kind of politely bends down, he picks up another starfish and he throws that back into the surf. He then sort of looks back at the man and smiles. He said, well, we actually, you know what? I made a difference to that one. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that. I really like that story. In the NHS, I think that is exactly what we do. We make a difference one patient at a time. I think we owe it to ourselves and our patients to explore ways to improve what we do. Let's identify aspects of work that frustrate us, aspects that we could be doing better. And with the support of the QI team, we can work together to make real sustainable improvements for staff and patients. I mean, exactly. How would you feel if your service was the same in 12 months time as it is today? How would that make you feel? I know that I'd want to improve my service. 
So just imagine if you could improve your service, make it simpler, less frustrating. In fact, you could remove all the things that get in your way of delivering better patient care. I don't know anyone working within the NHS that wouldn't want that. You know, well, the QIT, we can help you do that. You're not alone. Whether you have a problem to solve or an improvement that you're looking to make, come and talk to us. We have a range of different ways in which we can support you from training to mentoring and a lot more besides. Wonderful. I think that brings us to QI. So what does QI mean to you and how does that relate to change? Quality improvement is a philosophy. It's a mindset. You know, it's, it's how we do things around here. You know, it's about doing our job, but also improving how we do that job as well. It's constantly striving perfection by making small incremental changes every single day. Improvement thinking can be applied to aspects of all life, both personal and professional. You know, I'd call it a recipe for success. You know what you mean. Sometimes we're doing quality improvement without even realizing that we're doing it. I remember when I first started at Gosh, I wanted to find more efficient ways of getting to work. I did some planning after understanding my situation and the task at hand, you know, around busy times, traffic and all that. Tested out a few ideas, tweaking things here and there till I felt my travel time has really improved. So moving us on, Jit, you mentioned something interesting earlier, and I meant to ask, firefighting. Firefighting is also change, but I don't think that is what QI is. I mean, there's a few principles that we need to acknowledge before we start an improvement or a change project. Firstly, not every change that you're going to make will result in an improvement. And this is fine because actually we learned from these experiences. Secondly, you can't improve something unless you change it. So let's have the courage and let's make the time. Lastly, you can't improve something unless you, if you don't understand it. And this is probably the most important point. And it's all about developing insight into what you or your colleagues do, the effect on people that, that use your service and actually how by understanding this, you can help to develop a robust solution or series of solutions. I need your reaction to an issue or a problem is to react and try to solve it as quickly as possible. And we get into that firefighting mentality that you spoke about. The problem is that we spend so much time putting out these fires that we don't have time to reflect on the effect or the impact that we're having or doing. Research has shown actually that any improvement or benefits gained from firefighting are not realized or short-lived. And by using improvement techniques, actually we're able to really quickly assess any given improvement opportunity so that we're able to navigate from problem to implemented solution efficiently and effectively. I think that makes perfect sense for me. So there's a lot of talk about change culture, QI culture. What's that? Can you explain a little bit about that? So culture is sort of first and foremost about building and nurturing relationships. It's about developing, growing trust. Building a sustainable QI culture is, is very much like building a house. You need really good foundations and it is hard work and it does take time and effort. You need to understand the current culture. You know, we have amazing staff doing amazing things every single day. And we should use these examples and build on this amazing work. Ask ourselves, actually, what do we do well? And actually, how can we do more of this? Change can be scary and anxious time for the staff at the best of times. We need to understand their thoughts, their feelings and beliefs to determine what motivates them to act. Delivering and embedding a QI culture is about evolution, not revolution. Help people see. You know, if someone says to you, I don't know what to improve, essentially means that they can't see it. Developing a QI culture is about giving staff the skills and the confidence to be able to identify and make their own improvements. Empowering staff, again, to make their own improvements. When errors do occur, actually we need to kind of move away from the name, blame, train culture. 
you know, it's okay to make, make mistakes as long as we learn from them and do something differently as a consequence. Research has shown that actually compliance in, in enforcement isn't always a great motivator. You know, I have a very simple mantra, everyone improving every day. And I kind of set myself a target today. I'll be better than I was yesterday. You know, we should be actively listening to our staff, not hearing, but actually listening. That's actually something that we consciously do. It requires concentration. So our, our brains process meaning from the words, empowering and engaged staff provide better care. And that's a fact. By understanding these factors, we can ensure we engage and we listen to our staff. We understand their concerns, their insight, their experience to help co-design and develop better solutions and outcomes. Absolutely. And help them sustain in the longer run too. I think QI works well when everyone takes part in it. We all have experience, insight, understanding of the tasks that we do every single day. We all have a unique perspective and understanding of what matters to our patients. QI, I think, is merely the vehicle that we use on our improvement journey. At Gosh, we have created a common sense approach, I think, with a range of learning modules to suit all levels of understanding and application. So, Jit, moving us on, where would someone start? Sometimes I feel a problem is way beyond me. A good way to start is thinking about the following. So what's your, what problem am I trying to solve or what improvement am I looking to make? What am I seeing? What am I hearing? Who's the problem affecting? What are they experiencing? Do I have any data? If so, what's the data telling me? If not, where can I find my data? And actually, if you can do that, it'll ensure actually you're focusing on the problem, the improvement that matters the most. I hear so much passion coming through. You sound so passionate. Does QI work all the time, Jim? Yeah, I'd like to think of passionate. I mean, I was introduced to QI about 26 years ago when I improved, when I started my improvement journey at GSK. It kind of immediately resonated with me, the logical, the analytical part of my brain. And I saw firsthand actually how easy it was to make real tangible improvements. And that's why I'm passionate about sort of quality improvement. That's why I love my job. As I know by supporting our staff and services, actually we can make a real difference to our patients. I must have been about five or six, and as far as learning to ride a bike, I think I was a bit of a late developer, but seeing my sort of friends whizzing around their bikes spurred me on. And after lots of nagging, my father, who worked all hours to God sent by the way, so he finally agreed to teach me how to ride a bike. You know, was I anxious? You know, yes, I certainly was. Could I fall off and hurt myself? Probably. But actually undeterred, actually after each fall, I got up and I wiped the blood from my hands and my knees and I got back on the bike. You know, I didn't give up. And one day I remember it, and I remember it just like it was yesterday. I was on the bike, and in the confidence, actually, my father was holding the back of the, the bike and the saddle. You know, I took off. At, at that moment, I didn't actually realize that I'd left my father in the middle of the road. I could sort of hear him shout my name, thinking, oh, you know what, that seems rather distant. Looking around, I could see him chasing after me. And then the sort of panic set in. I was riding the bike on my own. Panic very quickly turned to confidence, and that's effectively how I learned to ride a bike. Now you might think, actually, what's learning to ride a bike got to do with sort of developing a culture of QI? What's got, it's got everything to do with it. You know, had I given up after my first fall, my bike would have been gathering dust in the shed. And through a combination of seeing my friends riding, nurturing, mentoring from my father and the constant reminders actually of how much the bike cost, I persevered. Now, actually relate that back to where we are here. If we were to look at the metaphorical shed of discarded improvements, Actually, what would we find? It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I love that, Jit. 
And I completely relate to that. Whenever I've found that something that I really eagerly tried to do didn't work, it can be quite disheartening, but I've almost always bounced back because the reason why I started making that change really pushed me to keep trying. One thing I have to say though, it is a team that I was working with those passionate frontline staff, cheering each other on and working together to make all the difference. Your father and yourself working together in that story. Exactly. Someone once asked me actually what's more important, the destination or the journey. And my response to that was always, it's the journey. But actually, as I've developed my understanding of quality improvement, if I'm asked that question now, my answer would always be the people that accompany you on your, you or your improvement journey are the most important. Quality improvement is a team sport. You know, we learn so much from one another which helps us build or develop our insight and our understanding. And by engaging with all the relevant stakeholders, we ensure we design and implement effective solutions. Well, thanks so much, Ed. I think we covered some useful points today. And I hope our listeners enjoyed our common sense approach to QI. We have lots of things to talk about, and uh, I think we will cover them over the next few weeks. But till then, over to you, Rianne. Thank you, Jit and Nuanthi, for that fascinating introduction to quality improvement. If you'd like to learn more about how you can use QI to improve your service at GOSH, you can find lots of information about the team on our GOSH quality page. By visiting this page, you'll also be able to navigate the GOSH quality hub, where you'll be able to find a fantastic range of tools and resources to help you get started on your improvement journey. Do keep an eye out on GOSH Den for upcoming QI courses, and of course, follow the quality page on Twitter at quality at GOSH. We hope you'll join us for the second part on quality improvements, which should be with you next week. See you then.